uh, over the last few days. Post you may have noticed that they are all really excited Republicans because the alleged whistleblower Biden has come forward uh, claiming that Joe Biden has accepted or had accepted bribes from a foreign power as vice president of the United States. And the reason why this is extremely important, it is because there's a whistleblower that has come forward with very credible information that we need uh, Christopher Ray's cooperation with. And this information involves something that many people have known for a very long time in Washington, D.C., and that is of Joe Biden and his family members extremely corrupt financial transactions with foreign countries and foreign nationals. This move to subpoena the FBI uh, based on this alleged whistleblower is being spearheaded and led by James Comer and Chuck Grassley. Uh, Chuck Grassley has been making the rounds saying that he has you know, credible evidence from this whistleblower uh, about uh, this alleged bribery scheme. But t take a listen to this recording of Grassley on Fox News when he's pressed for more details about what exactly the whistleblower knows and what exactly the FBI knows, he isn't able to come up with much. Check this out. Hey, Senator, it's John Roberts here. So, you know, we're, we're wondering exactly what this is all about. According to a, a press release that was sent out by James Comer's office, it says the information provided by a whistleblower raises concerns that then Vice President Biden allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with a foreign national. He goes on to say the American people need to know if President Biden sold out the United States to make money for himself. Senator Grassley and I will seek the truth to ensure accountability for the American people. Uh, well, that really whets our appetite as to exactly what, what this is all about. Does this have to do with Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings in Ukraine or China, or is it something else? Well, I, I guess basically uh, we, we've got to wait to uh, see what, what the document exactly says, but I'm convinced that uh, we've got to get this detail, and at this time, uh, the FBI needs to explain whether it's accurate or not. But uh, this is based upon uh, information that we get from what I think are very credible uh, sources within the uh, department. But it doesn't stop there. Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri, uh, the one that ran away on, on January 6th, uh, is also very, very confident that the FBI knows something about this alleged bribery scheme. And he's already demanding that Democrats uh, get on board with prosecuting Biden, even though he really has no information about anything. Senator, who, who do you think the, the other country is? They, we, we, we knew the Chinese connection and all that. But this is, a, this is something new. Do you have any information on that? I do not. I don't have any information on what the whistleblower has alleged in terms of the specific substantive allegations. Other than that, there is documentation that the FBI has. And I just say again to those Democrats here out there screaming about how Joe Biden is innocent. Joe Biden hasn't done anything. Well, fine. Then show us what you know. Show us what the evidence is in the allegations. Don't be afraid of what the facts are. Even Brett Baer on Fox News thinks that the Republicans need to, to calm their jets a little bit here because this is a potentially dangerous allegation that they're going on with basically no evidence. Leslie, we you know, caveat that we don't have any uh, hard information. This seems more direct, at least in what's being said by Grassley and Comer. Well, this is, after all, if there's anything to it, is, is about Biden himself and not simply his son and maybe through him through his son. On the other hand, we don't know who the whistleblower is. We 
specific influence uh, was being sought to do. In other words, we don't know very much. Um, and this is an early stage of this. Uh, it doesn't keep these politicians on the Hill from coming out and talking about it and for the White House to respond. But we need to be careful here because, you know, the air is full of charges, as it sometimes is, and we're in the political season. So my advice is, let's be careful here. Even far-right fake news clickbait, the gateway pundit, claim to have information from a whistleblower about this alleged bribery scheme, but then they claim that the whistleblower suddenly disappeared, and they can't access the guy anymore. How convenient is that? They had somebody, they had evidence, and now they don't. Even Geraldo thinks that these whistleblower accusations, oh, this alleged bribery scandal, is completely full of shit. When you don't have Geraldo on your team, when Geraldo's calling you out for bullshit, you know you have a serious, serious problem on your hands. This is now apparently the garbage right-wing fascist tactic is to just make up uh, lies about a, a supposed criminal history for Joe Biden and his family, claim they have evidence, claim they have whistleblowers, but then slowly walk that back, um, admitting that they don't have much. But it's just a, a technique to take over a news cycle, to implant uh, ridiculous conspiracy theories in the minds of their base. Their base is going to be talking now about this bribery scandal um, for the rest of Biden's term, even though nothing is going to come of it, because even they are admitting that they have no details. They have nothing else to go on other than their belief. Chuck Grassley saying that he believes that the FBI has information about a whistleblower. He's asking everybody to take it on faith. Uh, just a far-right fascist tactic to try and manipulate the news media by lying about a story, claiming you have evidence, but then not showing any of the evidence. It's an absolutely despicable tactic, but one that's uh, one that's typical for, uh, for the far-right fascist MAGA Republicans why they keep in this country. It. We will see if anything comes out of this, <sighs> but more than likely this is an absolute uh, scheme to try and dominate the news media. This is also going back to Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's claiming victory on this, saying that this was the reason that she introduced articles of impeachment on Joe Biden's inauguration day, because she knew about this alleged bribery scheme going all the way back to January of 2021. So she's trying to do a victory lap because of Grassley and Comer's uh, subpoena to the FBI, Marjorie T Taylor Greene claiming victory today. So absolutely embarrassing despicable tactics by the garbage right in this country and nothing's going to come out of this uh but we'll see we'll see what happens for Midas touch this is troy remember smash that subscribe button to keep supporting independent media the best part of waking up maggot tears in my cup check out the new maggot tears mug not to mention that i used to work with um independent media since in washington dc <clears throat> while i was working at the state department that time I was working for management, policy, and planning. Very prestigious part of State Department to, as a administrative assistant while I was waiting for my... Uh, I passed the Foreign Service exam. And then um, I got to the last stage, and then it was a stolen election. As you probably... Well, you well should know. And, um, I split the country because of the global gag. Basically, they asked, it was the last stage in the Foreign Service 
get in the foreign service and um I they because Moita's face had um <clears throat> taken office um <clears throat> Because he had taken office, and part of the the exam, the oral exam, the last stage of the foreign service exam. I should do, I should do a podcast on that process because I I did get through the entire process. I I passed it the first time, and some diplomats, some ambassadors, takes them like two or three times to pass the. Foreign service exam, I passed it the first time. Anyway, Trump's disastrous video deposition federal trial released. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network. As the E. Jean Carroll case against Donald Trump reaches its conclusion with closing arguments in the federal trial set to take place on Monday, the court is now releasing exhibits that were shown to the jury. These exhibits were previously not accessible to the public. I want to talk about that with you, and specifically, one of these exhibits uh, included the videotaped deposition of Donald Trump during this case. And now we previously showed you the deposition transcripts of Donald Trump that were uh, placed in various filings in this case, but we haven't yet shown you, we haven't yet seen until now, the video deposition of Donald Trump, and they are far more devastating to watch than just simply reading these transcripts. And so I want to show you some of the key portions of the videotape deposition of Donald Trump that have now been made public. The first clip I want to show you from the video deposition of Donald Trump in E. Jean Carroll's case involves the line of questioning where Donald Trump is shown a photograph from few decades ago, where E. Jean Carroll, her husband John Johnson, and Donald Trump's first wife, Ivana, are all talking with each other. Donald Trump is shown the photograph, and he thinks that E. Jean Carroll is his second wife, Marla Maples, and he has to be corrected by Alina Haba, who interjects uh, inappropriately and improperly to coach the witness to say, no, no, that's not Marla Maples, that's E. Jean Carroll. So I want to show you that video deposition portion now, but here's the photo just so you are looking at it. You see Ivana, Donald Trump's first wife, uh, on the bottom right. You see John Johnson, E. Jean Carroll's former husband there, and then you see E. Jean Carroll um, within the eyesight of Donald Trump. So now let me play you this portion of the video deposition of Trump. Play this clip. I think so, yes. And do you recall when you first saw this photo? At some point during the process, I saw that's, uh, I guess, her husband, John Johnson, who was an anchor for ABC, nice guy. I thought, I mean, I don't know him, but I thought he was pretty good at what he did. Um, I don't even know who the woman, let's say, I don't know who, it's Marla. You say Marla's in this photo? That's Marla, yeah, it's, it's my wife. Which woman are you pointing to? Yeah. Here. 
And the person, the woman on the right, the person you just pointed to was Jean Carroll. And the person, the woman on the right, the person you just pointed to was Jean Carroll. And the person you just pointed to was Jean Carroll. Who is that? Who is this? Oh, that, the person oh, you just pointed to was oh, Jean Carroll. Who's that? Who's this? Y'all catch that? Follow me for more. Oh, that, the person oh, you just pointed to was oh, Jean Carroll. Who's that? Who's this? Y'all catch that? Follow me for more. Oh, that, the person oh, you just pointed to was oh, Jean Carroll. Who's that?
front um, in deposition. Follow for 24-7 updates. Smartest touch. Hello. 24-7 updates, Midas Touch, Christopher Price. Party. Trump mistakes wife for rape victim in deposition. I got like 5,000 hits and like another 4,000 on some those Biden clips that I did. They're basically jokes, Biden's jokes. They were really good. I'm, I'm sure he. they were written by Obama. Those, that was like written. It sounded like an Obama speech, which was brilliant. If I were him, that's that's how I would roll all the time. The GOP has called Justice Clarence Thomas a goat, greatest of all time. And for once, I think both sides of the aisle can agree, but for vastly different reasons. There is breaking news about yet another financial tie between Harlan Crow and Justice Clarence Thomas. My name is Dina school, Private school of his grand nephew. Okay, did I, did I finish watching? And the person, the woman on the right is your then wife. I don't know, this was the picture. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that because it's very blurry? No, in your June twenty-one. Yeah. So when you see that photo, at some point during the process, I saw that's uh, I guess her husband, John Johnson, who was an anchor. Has shown a photograph from a few decades ago where E. Jean Carroll, her husband John Johnson, and Donald Trump's first wife Ivana are all talking with each other. Donald Trump is shown the photograph and he thinks that E. Jean Carroll is his second wife Marla Maples and he has to be corrected by Alina Haba who interjects uh, inappropriately and improperly to coach the witness to say, no, no, that's not Marla Maples, that's E. Jean Powell. I want to show you that video deposition portion now, but here's the photo just so you are looking at it. 
You see Ivana, Donald Trump's first wife, um, on the bottom right. You see John Johnson, E. Jean Carroll's former husband there. And then you see E. Jean Carroll um, within the eyesight of Donald Trump. So now let me play you this portion of the video deposition of Trump. Play this clip. I think so, yes. And do you recall when you first saw this photo? At some point during the process, I saw that's... Uh, I guess her husband, John Johnson, who was an anchor for ABC, nice guy, I thought, I mean, I don't know him, but I thought he was pretty good at what he did. Um, I don't even know who the woman, let's say, I don't know who, it's Marla. You say Marla's in this photo? That's Marla, yeah, that's, that's my wife. Which one are you pointing to? No. Here. Oh, sorry. The person oh, you just pointed to was oh, Eugene Carroll. Who is that? Who is this? And the person, the woman on the right is your then wife. I don't know. Mark? This was the picture. Yeah. I assume that's John Johnson. Is that Carroll? Because it's very blurry. Now, in your June 21- Yeah, so when you see that portion of the video deposition of Trump, I mean, it's far more devastating to watch him mm-hmm. kind of struggle with it and to, mm-hmm. s- to see him say, oh, that's, that's Marla. That's right. Marla Maples. And then you see Alina Haba, who very inappropriately <laughs> tries to coach him and says, no, 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 that's not Marla. That's E. Jean Carroll. And Donald Trump, even when he's told that, is so surprised and so shocked that that is... E. Jean Carroll. And the jury got to see exactly what you just saw right there. I want to show you another portion of the video deposition that's been released where Trump defends his comments from the Access Hollywood tape. Um, And Trump says, well, I'll play it for you, but Trump says, historically, it is true that famous people can get away with doing, or famous men can get away with doing anything they want with women. Here, play this clip. And you say, and again, this has become very famous in this video, I just start kissing them. It's like a magnet. Just kiss. I don't even wait. And when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything. Grab them by the pussy. You can do anything. That's what you said, correct? Well, historically, that's true with stars. It's true with stars that, that they can grab women by the pussy? Well, that's what it's. If you look over the last million years, I guess that's been largely true. Not always, but largely true. Unfortunately or fortunately. <sighs> And you consider yourself uh, to be a star. I think you can say that, yeah. And I'm going to show you another portion now of the video deposition of Donald Trump in the E. Jean Carroll case, where he says that Jessica Leeds, who accused him of groping her on an airplane, would not be his, quote, first choice, and he then says to E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, that Roberta Kaplan would not be a choice of his either. I mean, totally disgusting. Play this clip. Say, oh, I was with Donald Trump in 1980. Nothing changed. I was sitting with him on an airplane, and he went after me on the plane. Yeah, I'm going to go after Believe me, she would not be my first choice, that I can tell you. Man. You don't know. That would not be my first choice. When you said in that video that Ms. Leeds would not be your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. I look at her, I see her, I 
hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. Oh, I'm, being, I'm honest when I say it. doubling down. Uh, she, I would not have any interest in. So I want you to put yourself in the shoes of a jury who are watching what you just saw, who are seeing the empty chair because Donald Trump has not showed up to the trial at all. Instead, remember, Donald Trump fled to Scotland and Ireland. The jury's heard the compelling testimony of E. Jean Carroll. They've heard the compelling testimony of other victims who also experienced this heinous, heinous and disgusting conduct of Donald Trump. They've heard from corroborating witnesses who said E. Jean Carroll called them shortly after she was attacked by Donald Trump. They've heard from experts. They've heard from people who have worked at Bergdorf Goodman. They've heard all of this compelling testimony, and there's an empty chair there. Donald Trump not being called as a witness. Donald Trump not even showing up at the trial. And then they're seeing that those portions of the video uh, deposition. Um, the jury's not seeing this clip I'm about to show you right now, but you'll recall that when Donald Trump was in Ireland, he told the press there that he had to stop playing golf. He was in the middle of his golf game, and then he told uh, the press that he had to leave because he was going to show up in the federal courthouse to confront E. Jean Carroll, which is a total lie. So I want to play for you this portion of the video, but then I want to talk to you about what went down in the courthouse as well when Donald Trump's lawyer, Joe Takapina, had to explain to the judge what Donald Trump was trying to say there when Takapina was, had already told the judge Donald Trump was not going to testify. But first, play this clip of Donald Trump. So that, I have to leave Ireland and I have to leave Scotland where I have great properties. I have to leave early. I don't have to, but I choose to. Will you attend the trial, Mr. President? I'll probably attend. And I think it's a attend. disgrace. It's a disgrace that it's allowed to happen false accusations against a rich guy in my case, against a famous, rich, and political person that's leading the polls by 40 points, and I have to go back for a woman that made a false accusation about me, and I have a judge who's extremely hostile, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to confront this woman. This woman is a disgrace, and it shouldn't be allowed to happen in our country. So here's the reporting from Adam Klasfeld of Law and Crime News. Um, and he basically says at a sidebar, uh, this is what Joe Takapina uh, and Judge Lewis Kaplan, the federal judge presiding over this case, talked about. Um, and by the way, this is in the transcript. The jury didn't see this. In a sidebar, the jury doesn't see what's um, going on. I mean, they can see perhaps the lawyers having a conversation with the judge, but they don't get to hear what's taking place. Um, but this is what's actually in the transcript. Um, after Donald Trump said what, he, what you just heard him say in Ireland, Takapina told the judge, I know you understand what I am dealing with. And then he said, but Trump is not testifying. But I know you understand what I am dealing with. Then the judge said to Takapina, 
I'm not implying dishonesty on your part, but I just heard what Donald Trump had said. Judge Kaplan went on to say, I have issues too, which is to run this trial fairly and appropriately, not to waste the jury's time or anybody else's time, and to make sure both sides, Mr. Takapina, including your client, have a fully fair trial. And then Takapina says, I hear you, but I am going to rest. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to rest. Meaning, he's going. He's not putting on a case. No. He's not calling Donald Trump as a witness. Um, and then uh, Takapina said, as an officer of the court, I am telling you that he is not going to testify. And then Judge Kaplan said, I hear you saying mm -hmm. that, but... Things in life change, and he said, I'm absolutely committed in this case, as in every case, to ensure to the best of my ability that every party has an opportunity to pursue or defend against the claim asserted by or against a party. As I'm sure, Mr. Takapina, you're aware, and probably everybody in this courtroom is aware, there have been news reports out of the British Islands, I guess that they're still called that all day, attributing to Mr. Trump various statements with respect to his possible presence here before this trial ends. I won't attempt to summarize them any further or comment in any way on the substance, but I have taken the precautions I have just taken in light of those statements. And the precautions that he's saying is, I'm going to give Donald Trump until Sunday at 5 p.m. to let me know if he's going to testify or not. Because one of the things that Judge Kaplan doesn't want, and he astutely knows that this is what Donald Trump is trying to set everybody up for, is Donald Mr. Trump's going to say, oh, I wanted to testify, but the judge didn't give me an opportunity. You saw what I said in Ireland. I flew all the way back, and then huh. the case ended, and I didn't get to testify. I wanted to be able to testify. So Judge Kaplan very smartly saying, I hear you saying that, but we'll give him a few days. The jury's going to come back on Monday anyway. We're ahead of schedule. If he wants to testify, he can testify, but let me know by Sunday. And again, Takapina says, he's not testifying, he's not testifying, but the judge said, I hear you, but uh, I don't want him to ever kind of complain and whine that he didn't get a fair shot here. So, exposing Donald Trump as the coward that he is, but you see in the depositions right there, you see in the video depositions how Donald Trump acts and behaves. That's not strength at all. I mean, that is a delusional, deranged coward. I'm Ben Marcellus from the Minus Touch Network. Manipulative, Hit subscribe. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers. Thanks to your incredible support. Check us out at patreon.com slash Midas Touch. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Midas Touch. And also, wherever you get audio podcasts, uh, subscribe to the Midas Touch podcast. He's a terrorist in deep.
Thanks for watching and have a great day. Hey, Midas Mighty, love this report. Continue the conversation by following us on That's Instagram at Midas Touch to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now. Freaking great. Freaking great. Freaking great. Freaking great. What's your hair? <clears throat> Other people's comments, right? Other than my freaking great, and she's a terrorist and thief. There's uh, rape and sexual assault isn't about attraction; it's about power over an individual, violent, humiliating power. Thanks again, Ben. I personally don't use the word hate, but I hate seeing this guy much less listening to him. Thank you for your hard work. We, the decent people in this country, need you now more than ever. This guy should never be allowed near the White House. Vote blue in 2024. He needs to lose. If he's a nominee by 10 million votes. DOJ if you agree okay so I said everybody please keep in mind that Trump and his GOP traitors do not have the right to be in office right now they should have been removed for the insurrection and disqualified all of them from public office of the 14th amendment called DOJ if you agree Um, are going to hear a break. I'm Ben Micellis from the Midas Touch Network as the E. Jean Carroll case against Donald Trump. Be my first choice. When you said in that video choice. that Ms. Lewis would not be choice. your first choice, you were referring to her physical looks, correct? Just the overall. Not, I, I look at her, I see her, I hear what she says, whatever. You wouldn't be a choice of mine either, to be honest with you. I hope you're not insulted. I would <laughs> not, under any circumstances, have any interest in you. It's almost like calm. I'm, be, like I'm comedy, honest when I say it. Uh, she, I would not horrific. have any interest in. So I want you to put yourself in the shoes of a jury who are watching what you just saw, who are seeing the empty chair because mm -hmm. Donald Trump has not. showed up to the trial at all instead remember donald trump fled to scotland and ireland 
the jury's heard the compelling testimony of E. Jean Carroll. They've heard the compelling testimony of other victims who yeah, also experienced this heinous, heinous and disgusting conduct of Donald Trump. They've heard from corroborating witnesses the who said E. Jean Carroll called them shortly after she was attacked by Donald Trump. They've heard from experts. They've heard from people who have worked at Bergdorf Goodman. They've heard all of this compelling testimony and there's an empty chair there, Donald Trump not being called as a witness, Donald Trump not even showing up at the trial. And then they're seeing that those portions of the... Should have tagged it um, shorts. Okay. Video uh, deposition. Uh, the jury's not seeing this clip I'm about to show you right now, but you'll recall that when Donald Trump was in Ireland, he told the press there that he had to stop playing golf. He was in the middle of his golf game, and then he told uh, the press that he had to leave because he was going to anymore. show up. Fuck him. Fucking toad. The tards has worst day in court yet as Jack Smith gets. This is streamed two days ago. Legal AF podcast. Um, apparently, I didn't watch the whole thing. So. Our regular listeners and followers know on the 17th count conviction of all things Trump Organization for tax fraud, many of the same players and, and defense lawyers involved again. But we have two major two issues ago. I want you to, to talk about with our with our with our fans here, our listeners and followers. One, the Manhattan, your old office brought a motion for protective order to stop Donald Trump of speech oh, and debate shit. clause immunity, and many of these judges from having to direct access around. without babysitting supervision of his lawyers to the evidence that has been provided to the defense that's required for due process and other constitutional protections. They want him to be not left alone with the documents, citing to Mar-a-Lago and his sticky fingers there. And they don't want him commenting on social media, in public rallies, about witnesses, about transcripts that are provided, about evidence that's provided, the grand jury transcript and the rest. Moving towards sort of a quasi-gag order thing that we'll talk about. And Rashawn having to balance as a judge First Amendment rights of a presidential candidate against what uh, the uh, legitimate uh, goals of the Manhattan DA. That's topic one. Topic two is Joe Tacopina. We're going to talk about, we have two segments that are going to be attached by Joe Tacopina. Joe Tacopina got a phone call apparently from Stormy Daniels at some point. To, to, when he was looking for when she was looking for representation, so there the Manhattan DA is raised with the judge, and the judge is holding an evidentiary hearing about whether Joe Tacopina can continue as the lawyer for Donald Trump in this case, based on that interaction. And then we'll talk, of course, talk about Joe Tacopina in the later segment about E. Jean Carroll. What is going on in Judge Bershon's courtroom tomorrow, Karen? 
Uh-huh. Well, let's talk a little bit about the protective order. So, if you so just really quick to update everybody on New York discovery rules and and what that is and what that means is essentially New York has what we call open file discovery, meaning your entire file minus few things like work attorney work product but all documents related to a case have to be turned over to the defense in pretty short order right after arraignment it's about 45 days uh, from the time of arraignment so so a case like this is going to have mountains of evidence that will have to be turned over to the defense and that's what we call discovery is is all of that information and if you recall when donald trump was arraigned before judge marchand the uh, def- the prosecutor said we are working on an agreed upon protective order to negotiate with Trump's lawyers how we will manage this discovery because really what what the interest of the court will be and the prosecution will be it will is that. Uh, this case will be tried in court, not in the, the trial, not in the court of public opinion, which is what Donald Trump likes to do. And so in anticipation of that, because it could taint potential jurors, it could impact the case uh, in ways that are inappropriate, the prosecutor said, oh, we're in the process of working out a protective order and and we think we're going to be able to work that out with the defense. And I think if you remember, I said to you, um, oh, we're going to be we're going to be back in court way before the adjourned date of November, because there is no way they are going to agree because Trump's lawyers do nothing but obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. So that to me was ridiculous to even think that they would agree. And sure enough, here we are. Uh, Here we are in a situation where the prosecutor is requesting a protective order that would mean, sure, Trump and your lawyers have access to everything. We want to turn everything over, but you can't, Trump, we don't trust you, a la Mar-a-Lago, so you don't get to look at it except when you're with your lawyers, so they have to babysit you, essentially. And on top of that, you can't use this or discuss it in the public realm. And this is not uncommon. In fact, my husband just tried a big case in the uh, federal courts in the Eastern District uh, involving a big financial uh, fraud case. And they had such exactly this protective order. The defense was not permitted to, uh, the defendant was not permitted to review the any discovery by the federal prosecutors except in the lawyer's office. Um, it was, you know, a big challenge because it was during COVID and there was all these lockdowns. And so it was a huge logistical challenge, but it didn't matter. It's a very serious thing for the government. Uh, and so and so it is done in in certain cases. And this is the type of case where it's going to be done. And of course, you know, who doesn't like this? The media organizations, they don't like it because they want to have access to the materials, right? Every lawyer, every armchair lawyer under the sun wants to try this case and they want to analyze the documents and they want to, you know, try this case from their office and then comment on it. And obviously, again, that that can impact and infect a criminal prosecution because there is no witness testimony under oath on cross-examination. These are just documents out of context, but you will have 
every single lawyer, myself included, and you included, will go through all of these documents with a fine tooth comb and we'll say, hey, what about this? What about this? Oh my God, this looks terrible. How is this going to work out? And so to, and, and that will impact, you know, that that is essentially trying the case in the court of public opinion, and that will impact a potential future trial and a future um a future jury. And so a bunch of media organizations, including NBC, ABC, everybody, uh, they, they basically filed a motion asking the court not to limit the public availability and say that they oppose this protective order. And guess who signed this motion with the media organization? Who? <laughs> you're, you're my favorite former, no, the former guy. <laughs> TFG, um, he signed it, of course, because he does. He he wants to be able to try this in the court of public opinion. I mean, because think about it, he he'll have access Another to this. So will his lawyers. So there's really one reason, one reason only for him to want this to go out in the public. It's because because he wants to. Well, he wants to impact the future jury. To to that point, I mean, in their filings, and this was filed by Todd Blanche, the uh, late arriving new criminal, uh, many lawyers that late arrived for Donald Trump. This one came in just before the arraignment that we covered, but a well-respected guy represented Manafort in the past successfully in front of the same office and on a matter in front of the same office. Susan Necklace, who's a well-respected criminal defense lawyer in town. She was on the losing end of the 17 count criminal conviction by the jury that your old office <laughs> brought against Donald Trump's organization. So that there you have that. And then Joe Tacopina, who, uh, you know, I always joke with, is busy, you know, filling out his coloring book during most of these hearings, but seems to want to stay in the case. He, they're very public in their filings. They said that, well, the, the Manhattan DA's office gets to talk about things that happen in the grand jury, <laughs> which I don't think is true. Um, yeah, Alvin, Bragg, uh, Alvin Bragg gets to stand at a podium and talk about things, which is not true. Um, Michael Cohen, time. he did one time. Michael Cohen gets to, quote-unquote, incessantly talk about everything, and uh, you'll, you'll respond to that. Uh, well, that one, so, is, that one is true. <laughs> and so why doesn't Donald Trump, who is the, and this is their words, not mine, the leading Republican candidate for president, I would have put it a different way, the leading candidate to, to, for, the, for the Republican nomination, but the leading Republican candidate for president, he has a First Amendment right, a right that the judge acknowledged during the arraignment that he was going to have to balance First Amendment rights because the Minus issue of gag order sort of got touched on, if you remember, Karen, at the arraignment. Minus and the judge said, the eh, I'm not ready to gag anybody right now, and I'm sensitive to the First the Amendment. E. And the way Carol I read the motion from your trial. old office is it's sort of a quasi-protective order slash gag order because it is asking the judge to enter an order that Donald Trump cannot comment on the evidence that is being turned over in discovery to him in the public domain, in social media, at his rallies, and all the things we know he's, he's itching to do. It's a gag order. And that's going to be the hearing, I believe, on Thursday, and we'll, and we'll cover it off the weekend. So... You, I'm sure you've been involved with plenty of high-profile matters where the judges had to weigh this. But this is, as we often say, when people say, put him in jail, lock him up. Why are they treating him any differently? Because he's the ex-president of the United States and he's a current candidate for office. And so there, there are considerations that have to be weighed. How do you think this is going to play out, knowing now both sides, knowing well, what both sides filed on. and the media? How do you think, what do you think the result should be with Judge Mershon? 
What it should be or what it will be? Um, both. I think, both. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it should be. I think the prosecutor should win because I, I really do think the sanctity of the criminal justice process and, and, and keeping this as a trial in court and not in the court of public opinion is important. You know, whether, whether you, no matter what you think of Donald Trump, he's entitled to a fair trial. And so is the government. And so let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but for that reason, I think that's what they should do. And again, I think that there are many examples of cases where this type of protective order is in place. The trickier part of this, though, is the media. And the media has a First Amendment right to access uh, this information. That's the trickier question, and that's a harder bar, I think, to, it's, it's much easier to say to Donald, to, to I think, the, the, the defendant um, and his, you know, the protective order vis-a-vis -vis the defendant and his lawyers, because he does get to see all of this. He does get to prepare for his own defense. I do think that is, is an easier call. I think the call of the media having access uh, is, is going to be a trickier one for Mershon. So we'll see. I mean, look, he closed the arraignment, right? He closed the arraignment and, um, you know, to a limited group of people and he kept it. So there weren't any cameras. It wasn't live streamed. It was, you know, print reporters who were allowed to be in there. And, and we didn't hear anything for like 45 minutes. If you remember, we were saying, oh my God, what's going on? Because an arraignment doesn't take this long. You know, we knew something, something was going on in there. So he, he has so far balanced things and, and limited him. it. Yeah. To keep. So we'll see how he, he's going to figure out a way to balance this. Um, he might, what he might do is, um, fucking arrest. I don't know. He might, Um, and pre-trial incarceration for all his continual incitement to violence and insurrection. Chicken. Check in. Fucking diapered on. That's what's going on. Fucking chicken shit. Diapered on. I don't know, actually. I, I don't know. I don't know how, because every time I come up with a, um, a compromise, I, I argue with myself in my head. So um, I have well, a People like of... that part. People, people like to hear the... Somebody, somebody <laughs> wrote on social media, we like when Karen takes contrarian positions on things. Um, yeah, you know, contrarian to you, not to myself. I'm like taking a position <laughs> in my head and then I'm arguing with myself in my head. And I'm yeah. like, no, nah, that's, that's not right. going to work. Yeah. We're, we're sausage. But here, uh, I, I agree with you. Um, that this judge has been very thoughtful and, and ponderous and uh, about 
the decision making. He's trying to thread this needle and be even keeled and balanced and how he Here are other comments. Shouldn't Trump be required to register as a sex offender? <laughs> if she wins, he should be. He hasn't been convicted of a crime yet. Unfortunately, this is only a civil trial. That's exactly what I was thinking about is if Trump was convicted, he would have to go on a sex offender list. Isn't isn't uh, isn't the left but knowledge of who is on the, this list he should in fact if his accuser prevails that should be part of the liability and damages uh -huh. I don't think he would be counted as a convicted sex offender as a result of a civil trial <clears throat> Yes, he should, but will he be charged of rape, not just being a pervert? This seems to be the theme in this guy wiggling out of any criminal aspect of his crimes. As much as we all feel he should have to register as a sexual offender, this is just civil monetary judgment that will be determined. Hopefully the criminal judgment cases will start soon, and maybe, just maybe, there will be just an accountability to Trump. Hope so. Don't live in a Marlardo, and if you get a travel ban, go to many countries. Um, how can he travel? CIA better have surveillance these weeks. Oh my God, Putin says he will be hosting. When asked about the drone. Damage to Kremlin Dome. Who's playing with toys anyway? I think there are some states where offenders aren't able to vote. Not that, that would bother traitors. Three dozen gossip up there and a Cosby number. Just fucking defamation. Great podcast. Yes, it is. Um. It may be entertaining to me, but it's taking up all our resources! Exclamation point. Oh, shit. Touch mighty represent.
Okay. That's cool. They're taking down my my uh, messages. Screenshot saved. It's both sides, and as we reported, we were getting reporting from reporters in the room in real time. But there was always a little bit of a delay. Then we had those Midas Touch cameras, which Lord knows how the brothers figured out a way to get cameras down there about. Him, his coming and going but it's not just going to I, I agree with you it's going to be some compromised position i don't think the manhattan da is going to get everything that they asked for supervision of documents yes <laughs> um some limitation on the commentary yes um and how he and how he um because he's also said don't do things that incite civil disobedience or, or unrest and he's worried about that too and we see donald trump all the time telling his his uh, his uh, followers his uh, maga people to pick up pitchforks and torches and and points them in a direction there is the monster go after the monster and the monster being democracy and democrats um so he's 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 sensitive to that the judges read everything manhattan da did a good job of putting together a lot of the evidence of of uh Trump's misconduct, what he will do if he gets this material judge is obvious. Here's what he's done in the past. Um, you know, the counter argument to that from Necklace and um, Necklace and uh, and Todd Blanche, uh, if I read their papers correctly, let me just see if I had it, was he has a right. And this is this is the rub. This is where the judge is going to have to, as you said, be thoughtful, as he's always been about it, the balance. They say he has a right to respond to the voting public, right, um, to um, respond and publicly defend himself against these charges. You know, we know there, is, there are things that defense lawyers will do, unless gagged, that will do about a case uh, and talk and, and try to get away with as much as they can to defend in the public arena before they get into a jury, uh, unless the judge in the state court system gags them and this this is the rub but let's wrap up that any other thoughts about what the prediction on Mershon and then yeah, we can so talk just, about Takapina just one more thought which is this is a very tricky thing to execute if there are restrictions because really a protective order on discovery means you can't show this document right or you can't um you can't show things to the public, right? But he's going to just talk in his generalities. They don't have any evidence. I've seen all the evidence. They don't have anything on me. He's going to say things like that, or he's going to say, there's not one single whatever he's going to say, or, right, he's going to talk about it in generalities. I think that is going to, that that the prosecutor is going to, or, or things that he'll say, well, I knew about that already. I had that already, or I read about that in Michael Cohen's book. So I didn't get that from, you know, this discovery. So I don't know what they're talking about. This is, you know, he's going to do it in a way, the way he does everything, that he still does it. And so I think it's going to be a very tricky thing to enforce, no matter how they how how it's uh, how it's written, but I it, this yeah. this is the this is going to be the trickiest part of the whole trial, in my opinion. Very 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 uh, fascinating observation on that. Let's let's do a quickie on Takapina. I framed it before we started, and I, I'd like your comment on it. They're gonna 
the, the Susan Hoffinger, who you know well, friend of yours from the office, um, filed the motion asking for a Gromberg inquiry. You'll talk about the Gromberg inquiry, which sounds like a, uh, you know, a, a Ludlow book, the Gromberg inquiry, uh, about the relationship, if any, between Takapina and Stormy Daniels when she was looking for counsel and how that impacts representation of Donald Trump. The judge has ordered Takapina to turn over all communications that he had with Stormy Daniels, any information that was shared, and any information that 